We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Napa a Napa guy knows that by the foot, there's no better ride than an old station wagon. Room for six people facing forward, two people facing backward, and a whole lot of luggage, lumber, and bicycles haphazardly strapped to the roof. If you can parallel park that beast, you can park anything. And with some quality parts and a little Napa know-how, you can keep your land ship running longer, stronger. It's not obsolete. It's a rare treasure. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. It's Flo, and this is my impression of a 1930s gangster using Progressive's Name Your Price tool. Yeah, see? This Name Your Price tool really lays it all out on the table, see? All I had to do was tell her how much I wanted to spend, and it gave me options in one place, see? Makes all of it easy to see, see? It's easy to find insurance that fits your budget with the Name Your Price tool, only at Progressive.com. I might need glasses so I can see more when I'm doing gangster stuff, see? Progressive Casualty Insurance Company. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast, brought to you by DraftKings.com, the leader in daily fantasy sports. Use the promo code Rotowire when you deposit for a free contest entry today. 
Today is Wednesday, November 11th, 2015. It's Joe Bartle here, joined by Rotowire's Mike Doria. How are you doing, Mike? Not too bad, Joe. Welcome to the uh, the Wednesday uh, Injury Podcast. Uh, uh, it's, it's your first time uh, doing this podcast, but I'm sure you've uh, you've been behind the mic uh, lots of times, right? Well, I hope you guys can all figure that out by the end of this, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm really excited to be honest, yeah. and uh, I'm ready to get to it. What about yeah, you? Yeah, Joe, you're a highly knowledgeable Packers fan, re- replacing a highly knowledgeable Jaguars fan, so... We're going to have to punt on all the, all the Jaguars talk that uh, Nick and I had. Uh, I think that was that. a better trade-off, though. Well, you know, the Packers. One know. team significantly better than the other. Yeah, but there's just, you know, the underdog, the the, the, the finding the Allen Hearns is the intrigue. No, but they're, they're not an underdog. It's just like a, oh, poor Jaguars. You kind of just want to, you feel bad for them. You feel no, just like the, the Browns. You just feel bad for them. Packers are not exactly on the greatest roll right now, but we'll get to that. Oh, yeah, we will get to that. Uh-uh, I take offense to that. All right. Uh, we have four buys in week 10. We have Atlanta, Indianapolis, San Diego, and San Francisco. And then we have just four more left. Uh, Cleveland, New Orleans, the Giants, and Pittsburgh. They all play, uh, or they don't play, I should say, in week 11. They have no buys. So I'll be it. And we have to worry about it anymore. Yeah, then it's, uh, well, then it's uh, a little bit more to talk about uh, on the podcast, uh, a little bit more in terms of lineup choices for uh, fantasy players. But, yeah, I mean, there's only a couple more weeks worth of buys where you have to, like, figure out which scrubby player to pick up to uh, replace your player who's on buy. Uh, you know, there's, there's definitely – these are the last two weeks where you're seeing all those random number two running backs and number three wide receivers in your lineup or others, just because, yeah, last week when there were six buys, yeah, wow. That was brutal. <laughs> there was some scrambling going on there, and that, that, that you know, transferred to daily games as well. There was just, uh, you know, the pool was uh, not quite as deep. So, uh, yeah, um, yep, four more teams on buy this week, so pay attention to that. You don't want a donut. You don't want to start a guy on buy. Um, I don't mind it when my opponents do that, but it's – it's the it's the thing that you really beat yourself up for if you like, you know, think that you have this solid lineup plugged in and then you realize that your your star running backs on by it's never the best feeling. Oh, did you say star running back? Are you talking about your boy Dion Lewis? Well, I, I wasn't, but uh, now you, you are. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to, <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, that, that that was a tough one. I mean, you, you know, kind of came out of nowhere to to emerge as the Patriots' uh, change of pace slash third down back. I mean, he was getting. More snaps than Blunt, but uh, yeah, I mean, someone was asking me about him that that morning, that Sunday. Oh, that I, was a and, jinx! <laughs> and uh, I said to him, I "said Yeah, I love the guy, but he he's a, he's a pinball out there, and he's not that big. He in his other stops, injuries were a problem, and uh, I mean, I hate to say that it was inevitable because he was it was a really nice story. Got him got him a contract um, through 2017." You know, ho- hopefully we'll be back next year. But now uh, fantasy owners are, are left uh, with the same question as the Patriots, who, who fills the uh, the void. And it looks like it's going to be James White, former James Badger. White. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brandon Bolden's also in the mix. But he's more of a – I mean, the reason that James White was inactive in Week 9 is that Bolden is kind of a direct backup to LeGarrette Blunt. plus he's excellent at special teams. But in terms of replacing Deion Lewis – I think uh, James White is going to get the bulk of the work there. But there's a reason that Lewis got the job over White. He was just more effective, more dynamic. But, I mean, White is going to hold some value, at least in PPR formats, starting in Week 10. So you're saying it's not fair uh, to assume that White will be able to replicate Lewis's numbers right away? 
Uh, I don't think so. I mean, uh, he's just not quite as elusive a player. But he does he does a lot of the same things that Shane Vereen did for the Patriots, uh, you know, before he went to the Giants. Similar type of player as, as Vereen. Um, obviously not as, as, as effective. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he, opportunities there. The Patriots traditionally have that, that player in their offense, whether it's Kevin Falk, Shane Vereen, Deion Lewis, and now it's James White's turn. Does this affect Tom Brady in any way? I mean, he's having a historical season. He checked down to Deion Lewis often. He made plays out of the backfield. Does this affect Brady in any way? Not really. I mean, I think their offense is designed to uh, to have that player in the offense, i.e. a third down pass-catching specialist, and uh, White's going to handle that. I mean, it, LeGarrette Blunt maybe maybe he sees a few more, more carries here and there. Definitely he's going to see some more snaps, but Brady's going to continue throwing the ball to the running backs uh, in the situations that he did in the past. Uh, but it's just not quite the fantasy gold mine that, that it was with, uh, with Lewis. I mean, he's got the wideouts. He's got Edelman. He's got LaFell. He's got Amendola. He's got Gronkowski. He'll be fine. Well, you talk about Edelman. Uh, he was limited in practice Wednesday with an knee injury. Any concerns there? Not really. I mean, uh, similar pattern last week. You know, by the end of the week, he was listed as probable didn't didn't dominate against Washington, but uh, he was out there fine. No no reported setbacks, so I don't think there's anything to worry about there. Okay. Well, moving on to the Bills. Um, hello, Mr. Sammy Watkins. It's glad to finally see you around. Uh, he came back, and he flat out exploded in Week 9 against Miami. He's listed as probable on the depth chart, or well, injury report, uh, with an ankle injury. He was limited in practice Wednesday. Any concerns there? Not really. Um, I mean, he uh, he obviously Tyrod Taylor came back as, as well as Carlos Williams after the Bills bye, and they weren't really throwing the ball too much. But when they did, it, it was uh, largely uh, headed in uh, Watkins' direction, almost exclusively. Yeah, eight catches, 168 yards on eight targets. Um, and I think yeah. Tyrod had like 180 yards. Total. Yeah, Tyrod, uh, 11 for 12, uh, 181 yards. I mean, he only threw, you know, 12 attempts there. But, uh, I mean, that's that's definitely not going to be the case every week. But the Bills were definitely moving the ball well on the ground between LaShawn McCoy and Carlos Williams. So the flow of the, the game dictated that. The Dolphins have trouble against the run. This week, the Bills face the Jets, who are good against the run. So, you know, logically speaking, uh, they're, they're probably going to have to throw a little bit more. So that's good for Watkins, but uh, maybe guys like Robert Woods and uh, Charles Clay, who did basically nothing in um, in Week Nine, maybe maybe those guys will reappear on the fantasy radar based on a inevitable change of game plan. I think you have to be right. And to me, I'm looking at the Jets secondary. Antonio Cromartie uh, didn't practice Wednesday. He's doubtful with a quad injury. Buster screen, shoulder, hand injury. He's limited in practice Wednesday. Kelvin Pryor, ankle injury, didn't practice. Deion Bailey, ankle injury, didn't practice. They're both ruled out already for Thursday's game. That Jets secondary is decimated. I mean, they still have Darrell Rivas, but, uh, you know, he's he's just one island. Only and, one island? Yeah. Does he get matchup on Watkins then? Uh, you know, that's that would be the logical play there. But the, uh, the, the, the Jets secondary, as you just pointed out there, is decimated. Plus, they... You know their their de- defensive front line is excellent. So, I mean, the Bills are going to have to attack the uh, the Jets in the air. So, you know, especially with that decimated uh, se- secondary. So, you know, you're look you're looking at uh, last week's Bills box score. You're gonna you're gonna see something a lot different this week, I think. Well, the Jets give up 242 passing yards per game. That's about middle of pack for the NFL. 
LaShawn McCoy, he was limited in practice Wednesday. He has a shoulder injury. Carlos Williams, not listed on injury report at all. What should we expect from either running back at this point? Well, I mean, Shady's listed as probable. Um, I mean, he may be somewhat limited, but I think it's more a case of Carlos Williams is so effective last week. Um, nine carries, 110 yards, two TDs, that they're going to they're gonna want to give him the ball, you know, keep Shady fresh and everything. But again, you know, the, the, the Jets, I, I believe, have the strongest run defense in the league in terms of yardage allowed, so... You look at that last week box score for the Bills, and you get all excited. But uh, I think that those guys are going to have a little bit more uh, difficulty racking up the yards than they did against the Dolphins. Okay, well, going to those Jets, Ryan Fitzpatrick, he practiced fully both Tuesday, Wednesday. He's probable. Uh, however, there's a potential surgery looming after Thursday's game to repair the injured non-throwing arm thumb. That's a mouthful to say. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> would you? pick up Geno Smith at all in a deep league thinking that maybe Fitzpatrick might miss a week or two? I mean, uh, I think by the time um, that that's in play, you know, you're down to like the one, the one last week with all the buys, um, you know, unless you, unless you have a you know, ton of roster flexibility, that's probably not a wise move. I mean, the, the talk is that he may undergo uh, some sort of uh, procedure on his thumb as soon as Friday to address a ligament issue in that non-throwing thumb, but there's there's talk that uh, you know because of the, because of the current short week that he could be back against the Texans in Week 12, you know, or Week 11 without uh, without skipping a beat there. Is there any risk moving forward uh, with that surgery that's potentially going to occur? Well, I mean, any anything like that, there's definitely going to be a risk. But uh, you know, he managed to play you know with a wrap and and you know. It didn't really seem to affect him in the game. I mean, obviously, if it was his throwing uh, thumb you were talking about, then he'd probably be out for the season. But as long as he can handle the snaps, which he did last weekend, he should be fine. And I think that the the sort of procedure that he would be undergoing um, is not you know that invasive. You know, given that they're talking about the, they might not even miss a game if he has that. Chris Ivory, Stephen Ridley, Brandon Marshall, Eric Decker all practiced fully. They're all probable for Thursday's game. Uh, Bilo Powell, he was limited Wednesday, uh, ankle injury. He's doubtful. He's not expected to play. Does that yeah. mean uh, additional work in the backfield behind Ivory? Well, I mean, Ivory uh, you know, took most of the carries last weekend. Um, I mean, Zach Stacy's around. Stephen Ridley has been you know, in uniform the last couple of weeks, hasn't, hasn't seen a snap, so... It's possible that this is the week that maybe they get him a few carries. But, you know, despite Ivory's uh, lack of success in Week 9 in terms of uh, yards per carry, he's going to continue to, to be the guy who they, they keep on giving the ball to as long as he's healthy. Powell's a change-of-pace guy. Uh, I do think that Ridley maybe emerges as the kind of guy that would have some fantasy value if something happens to Ivory. But, you know, in terms of this week, uh, Powell's absence doesn't really have much impact. Jeremy Curler, uh, Jeremy Curley, he practiced fully Wednesday. He had an illness. Uh, he's probable for Thursday's game. Um, moving over to the Dolphins. Yeah, Dolphins, they go to Philadelphia for uh, 1 p.m. Eastern time kickoff. Jordan Cameron, he was listed on the injury report. He's limited in practice with a hamstring mm-hmm. injury. It doesn't appear to be too serious. Is that correct? Yeah, I mean... Uh, he was he was limited last week. I believe he's listed as questionable heading into Week Nine. The 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 bigger qu- question is, you know, are they going to start throwing him the ball more? <laughs> yes. I mean, uh, 
he had one catch for six yards uh, last week. One, t- you know, just on the one target, I believe. Those are doozy of numbers. And if yeah. you look, you look at his overall stats. Uh, not too impressive. He's like, uh, you know, in two tight end leagues, he's got number two uh, tight end stats. And I mean, the guys, the guys, a talented pass catcher, but he's just not getting the um, the reliable targets in that offense. They've got they got a pretty decent receiving core that's gobbling up the targets and, and Ryan Tannehill's attention. So. You know, I assume that Cameron is going to play this week, and I do like his upside in general. But after his, uh, you know, very quiet performance in Week Nine, that would be an extreme dart to throw at a Week Ten lineup, I believe. Well, you mentioned the extremely talented receiving core of the Dolphins. One of the players that hasn't been able to play very much, Devontae Parker, he did not practice Wednesday with a foot injury. Is he the biggest first-round bust this year? Well, I mean, uh, I, wouldn't, I, I wouldn't call it a call him a bust. I mean, he's he's he had the foot issue. It's it's cropped up again, and you know, with with the the way the Dolphins' receiving core has been playing this year, there's no real need to rush him. They can't even figure out you know a way to get the great Greg Jennings, whose fat head is in our uh, in our recording room right now. To the immortal left. Greg Jennings, yes. Yeah, I mean, a guy like that, um, you know, he's not getting targets. So, I mean. Devontae Parker is going to be a good player in the NFL down the road, but uh, we'll be lucky if we see him have a few good games by the end of the season. Certainly nothing in the short term um, suggests that he's going to have a large part in the offense there. Looking at some of the other rookie receivers that were drafted this year, Devontae Parker is probably one of the more productive ones, and that is super, super sad to say. Well, you know, Kevin White from the Bears, that's another injury situation that's unfortunate. Mari Cooper definitely putting up the good numbers, and we'll talk about him a little bit later because he popped up on the injury report this week. Yep. And we have Brashard Perriman also going to talk about him in a little yep, while. Yep, and then uh, right. Philip Dorsett as well. I mean, wow. That's that's a tough receiving core to start for the first year. Yeah, they they definitely did not uh, get lucky in terms of injuries there. And one, one last point on the Dolphins there. Uh, Jay Ajayi uh, made his debut last weekend, five carries, 41 yards. No threat to take over the starting job from Lamar Miller. But um, Coach Dan Campbell said that he wants to get Ajayi the ball more. And, um, you know, Lamar Miller is the kind of guy that they don't want to overuse. So he's going to get the carries. And he's definitely emerged as the number two guy behind Lamar Miller to the point that Jonas Gray was was released. So that's a guy to, you know, he's not a a, a Week 10 lineup guy, but he is one injury away from – being like excellent down for fantasy owners down the stretch with this season and the way all these injuries have happened I, I think that's an excellent point to bring up that he could very well step in and be a part of a really productive offense so far yeah and I mean just he just looked good in his debut I mean some guys show a little bit of rust uh, you know after after the long layoff but I mean he he looked sharp enough for them to just you know unceremoniously cut Jonas Gray like the Patriots did uh I mean, maybe Jonas Gray re-signs with the Patriots. The Patriots have a an opening on their... Oh, they already field. have that running back in LeGarrette Blunt. Yes, they do. Well, the, you know, back to the Patriots, you know. Do we I know, really? I know, no. <laughs> I know that's like three teams ago, but uh, they haven't yet uh, signed anybody to replace Deion Lewis. I mean, there was talk that Travis Cadet might be the guy. He ended up signing with the 49ers. They worked out Daryl Richardson, I believed. Uh, but I, I think that at some point they're going to they're going to pick up a running back, um, probably a, a pass catching type. Uh, we'll, we'll see. Well, now you just squashed all my optimism about James White. Oh man, come on now. Uh, moving to the AFC North, 
we have uh, the Steelers. They will be taking on Cleveland in Pittsburgh. Uh, that's another 1 p.m. Eastern time kickoff. Roethlisberger, he had that foot injury last week. He's not been ruled out yet, but the Steelers are planning to play without him. He didn't practice Wednesday. Our very own Jeff Stott suggests downgrading Big Ben for the immediate future due to the multiple injuries and the loss of his mobility. Um, By week is next week. We already talked about that. Landry Jones is in case, or he's in, in case Ben Roethlisberger is out. What's the value of Jones? Well, I mean, the, the Steelers definitely like to throw the ball, but uh, they, they, it's, it's just one thing after the other. You know, as, as you mentioned there, Big Ben's hurt. Uh, Livion Bell, the excellent pass-catching back out of their backfield, um, he's out for the year. Uh, Antonio Brown had a bit of a good game last week. A bit is an understatement. <laughs> so, I mean, maybe the game plan is Landry, just throw the ball to Antonio Brown and Heath Miller and see how that works out. Uh, to to a certain extent, they'll have to do that. D'Angelo Williams, um, I'm not saying that he's the, you know the caliber player that uh, Le'Veon Bell is, but he certainly stepped in, did did extremely well uh, last weekend. 27 carries, 170 yards. Uh, we'll get to his uh, foot injury, but back back to Big Ben real quick. Um, you know the in, the initial reaction um, from you know a lot of national reporters was he's going to miss at least a few weeks, and I, I had you know I some of our um, users and uh, partners were kind of asking how come you guys don't have Roethlisberger marked as out yet and well, Steelers don't yeah well in terms of uh, you know, if if anybody could play through that kind of injury it's him that's true but the Steelers do have the t- the tendency to be a little conservative with their injury announcements and then of course Tuesday rolls around Mike Tomlin says. Well, we're preparing for Landry Jones to start. We're gonna, Big Ben's probably not going to play, but we're, we leave the jar open. The, the jar, the door, uh, the jar, jar yeah. is a door. <laughs> or the, the door is a jar. Right. However you however you say it, uh, he's not officially ruled out, but no one really expects Big Ben to make the uh, the uh, surprise appearance this weekend. But as you mentioned, um, you know, after they're buying week eleven. Um, it wouldn't surprise me to see him come back. And But addressing the Jeff Stott's point there, um, I mean, I think Big Ben's knee injury possibly contributed to his slightly reduced mobility, which may have led to the foot injury. I agree. Uh, you know, it's hard to say that for sure, but he's not the most mobile guy in the pocket anyway, but he does need, he does need his, uh, you know, decent footwork in there to do what he normally does. So that's definitely going to be interesting uh, to see when he does come back. Let's say he doesn't come back after the bye. Uh, the Steelers have Seahawks Week 12, Indianapolis Week 13. Are you picking up Jones if Roethlisberger's roulette, knowing those are the two people they're playing? Um, I mean, not not necessarily. But Landry Jones, if if you're going to use him, use him this week. Uh, don't don't hold on to him through the bye. Uh, because there's a decent chance that Big Ben comes back in Week 12, and you know the Seahawks defense, yeah, they're they're good, so that's a good point there. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily rule out uh, using any quarterback against the Colts defense, but uh, yeah, I mean it's 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 a situational thing, Joe. I mean, like Landry Jones is is not a guy that I would like aggressively try to pick up, uh, you know, for for my lineup, unless of course Big Ben was my quarterback or any of the other right. injured quarterbacks. I mean, there's there's going to be 
weeks due to buys, due to injuries, where you look at the waiver wire and you look at who's available and you see maybe one, two, or three quarterbacks that are going to start that week, and then you just have to you know, play it situationally. D'Angelo Williams, we talked about him just a bit ago. He had a swollen foot. He did not practice Wednesday. Is he going to play? Well, the um, the Pittsburgh Tribune Review characterizes uh, Williams' issue as foot inflammation. Um, he's expected to practice on Thursday, so as long as there's no setbacks as the week as the week goes along, I, I don't think there's a problem there. I think I think he'll be fine. It's worth noting though that Jordan Todman took the uh, first team reps at practice in Williams's absence today. Um, in the unlikely event that Williams doesn't play, and I fully expect him to, of course, you know. Keep keep on following us on the site exactly. and on the podcast through the week. Company plug, but uh, <laughs> yeah, Jordan Todman, he he would be your like quick uh, last minute uh, guy to you know grab on the waiver wire there. And you know, frankly, with Bell out for the year, he is he does merit a, a roster stash at this at this stage. Uh, with this season and how everything else has been shaping up, and it seems like the Steelers just have the worst luck this year. I think Jordan Todman might not be the worst idea to make a speculative pickup on. Yeah, definitely. I mean, <clears throat> D'Angelo Williams is a reason that he produced so well. I mean, he he's an experienced back with with a lot of talent. He apparently got himself in a better shape this off season, and he's looked good out there. So, uh, you know, whatever's whatever the Steelers line is doing, it's worked for the running backs. So it gives Todman some hope if he if he ever somehow gets the job due to a D'Angelo Williams, uh, you know, injury that keeps him out. The famous Isaiah Peed, uh, he is the third string running back for the Steelers. He was limited in practice Wednesday with a knee injury. Heath Miller also did not practice, but that was not injury-related. He should be good to go. No problem against the Browns. Speaking of those Browns, they also face off against the Steelers. Uh, Johnny Football, he stepped in during last Thursday's game, and uh, it seems like he's gone already. <laughs> Josh McCown will start if healthy. He was limited in practice Wednesday. What, what do we have here? You know, it, it's exactly how you put it. Uh, if McCown is healthy, he, he'll play, and that's been kind of the case all season long. Um, you know, Manziel's had a couple of chances, but they were they were due to uh, McCown being hurt. I think that uh, McCown's going to do everything in his power to play this week, and, you know, he's probably going to end up on the official injury report listed as questionable, but it would surprise me if he's not out there this weekend. The Browns had a duo of receivers Andrew Hawkins and Brian Hartline who returned to practice Wednesday they both came back from concussions any chance that they end up producing in this kind of stale offense at this point well you know there's a chance but uh none of their uh their wideouts are particularly reliable at this point I mean earlier in the season Travis Benjamin was looking like an excellent find and he was for the first few weeks of the season but now it's just kind of a crapshoot uh, you, you're getting some production in PPR formats out out of Duke Johnson now and then, but they, they've got a running back by committee situation, and you know anyone's guess which wideouts are going to do well on a week to week basis. So yeah, it's a, it's a it's a little bit of a fantasy wasteland at this point, but uh, you know definitely uh, keep an eye on the box score. Who knows? Maybe they'll dust off Wayne Bow and and he'll he'll be good. I hope for all of the NFL that they they don't do that. <laughs> uh, maybe they they want to justify that that ridiculous contract they gave him. But uh, yeah, I mean with Hartline and Hawkins coming back, maybe maybe Bo goes goes back to the uh, the sidelines even. Oh boy, that I'm just 
you'd look at Toyambo and you're like, wow, okay, well, let's hope that uh, he doesn't end up being that. <laughs> they don't have to use him too much. We have Andrew Hawkins and Brian Hartland to use. Well, That's you know, this is the time of year, Joe, where, like, guys that were useless all year long suddenly come out of nowhere to be good. Um, he's got as much of a chance as anyone, but it's just remarkable how his descent and, uh, you know, the Browns saw what he did with the Chiefs last year. Decided to like throw a decent uh, amount of money at him, and uh, yeah, little used, hot, overpaid veteran wideout in a team that could use some stability at that position. Going to the Ravens, uh, they play Jacksonville in Baltimore. It's a 1 p.m. Eastern time kickoff. Brashard Perriman, another first round pick. We talked about him a little bit earlier. Ravens are close to abandoning hope that he's going to play this season. Yeah, I mean, that's another tough one. I mean, um, just an injury that lingered, and even with Steve Smith out for the year, and if ever there was a time for him to come back and step in and produce. I mean, he was originally drafted more or less as Torrey Smith's replacement. Smith is gone. Actually, any receiver named Smith is now gone from the from the Ravens. So uh, you're looking at a situation here where, like, Kamar Aiken is going to be the uh, probably the number one target there, so... If he's not scooped up in your league already, there's your guy that you want to pick up. Uh, Chris Givens, um, you know, they acquired him from the Rams. He's going to be an option. I mean, we're going to have to see. The, uh, the, the Ravens are coming off a bye there. And, um, yeah, you know, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Final team in the AFC North, Bengals. They play Houston Monday night in Cincinnati. Uh, no real injuries to note there, so everything seems to be all right. Going to the AFC South now. Yeah, let's go to the AFC South. Oh, I would like to go to the AFC South. Mouse isn't what letting is, me. What is the mode of transportation? <laughs> We're going to take a car ride there, Mike. We're going to have okay. a nice little time here. Uh, the Jaguars, they go to Baltimore. The aforementioned Baltimore Ravens, yeah. Julius Thomas and Toby Gerhardt. Uh, Thomas had ab injury, Gerhardt groin injury. They were both uh, full participants in practice Wednesday. However, Alan Hearns, he sprained his foot last week. He was seen uh, wearing a walking boot Monday. He did not practice Wednesday. He's been on the injury report what seems like every single week since the beginning of time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, is there any chance he's actually going to miss a game this week? Yes, there is. I mean, uh, Alan Hearns has been kind of a regular on the injury report of late, as you mentioned, but I think that was more for maintenance purposes. But in this case, he actually sprained his foot to the point where he, as you mentioned, was in the walking boot earlier in the week. I believe he shed that walking boot, but... As as hopeful as he is that he's going to play, this is actually looking in, you know, probably probably going to turn into a game-time decision for him. Marquise Lee, he had a hamstring injury this forever now also. He's not cleared for game-time action. He was limited in uh, practice Wednesday. Rashad Green, thumb injury. He practiced fully, but he can't come back till week 11. So is there any receiver uh, to own if Hearns is out? And I know we have Allen Robinson already. Yeah, Allen Robinson, well, he's already pretty much plug and play in most in most formats yeah. um i mean marquise lee he, he might actually play this week uh he has you know he hasn't been cleared for action just yet but he, like you said he was limited um there is there is hope that he could return after a five-week absence but you're, you're not going to play a guy like that in his first game back no matter what um you, you definitely need to take a wait and see approach with him i mean he's got the darren mcfadden hamstring problem and uh that's never a good label to have. <laughs> you just you just want to like see him out there, you know, produce a, for a full game, stay on the field for a full game, 
I mean, Brian Walters is a guy that has been seeing some targets for the Jaguars. So if something, I mean, if Hearns is out, it would probably lead to some extra targets for him. Maybe the tight ends get a little bit more involved. Julius Thomas, uh, obviously not matching his output, uh, you know, from the Broncos in his uh, in his new situation there. So I mean, there's 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 those players that could could benefit from Hearns' absence. But yeah, definitely keep an eye on that game. Um, Hearns is a tough guy. He hasn't missed a game uh, in his NFL career yet. I mean, it's it's not a long one, but. Uh, yeah, there, there's a chance he'll be out there, but it's not it's not a lock, and it's not the the routine Wednesday Thursday practice either missing or limitations that uh, we've seen from him um, earlier in the season. I think it's fair to say that Jacksonville actually has a, a pretty dynamic offense, and to have uh, probably two fantasy relevant receivers seems crazy to think about at the beginning of the season, but it's become a reality at this point. Yeah, I mean Blake Bortles, um, you know, maybe not in the category of uh tom brady and aaron Rodgers and, and, the, and those guys but if you look at his numbers uh without knowing um the name next to them he's, he's actually had several pretty pretty solid games from a fantasy perspective and uh the wideouts that you mentioned there the guys named allen have uh actually turned into rather reliable fantasy options when healthy when healthy yeah that's the key for them Titans, they play Carolina. That's a home game for the Titans. Uh, that's a 1 p.m. Eastern time also for them. Dexter McCluster, ankle injury, didn't practice Wednesday. However, Kendall Wright, biggest injury there. He had an MCL. He did not practice Wednesday. He didn't play last week either. And in his place, Harry Douglas and Doriel Green Beckham really did well. Uh, Doriel actually posted career-high receiving yards. Is this an offense that can produce multiple productive fantasy receivers like the Jags or a case of facing off against Rob Ryan-led defense, which was the case last week? Well, I mean, it, I, I would probably uh, guess that, that Kendall Wright does not play again this week, so probably going to get a similar pattern where Douglas and Green Beckham are the starters. Justin Hunter gets, gets in on it a little bit. But it, it's interesting that um, Green Beckham had 10 targets in that game. So he's definitely the preferred option in that offense uh, in, in, in terms of the wideouts when Wright is out. Um, he's definitely got some upside. Didn't find the end zone in, um, in week nine, but uh, there is that upside there. And uh, he's an intriguing play. Um, I mean, it depends on what his uh, price is in, uh, in, the, uh, in the daily formats. But Definitely worth a dart as a number three wideout in um, in season long formats. There, he's going to be a good player. Yeah, and um, you know I think that's what he needed. Uh, he needed to have a, a big game, get lots of targets, uh, you know, avoid drops and that kind of thing. And uh, yeah, he's a guy to watch for the rest of the season and also in dynasty formats. The Texans play uh, against Cincinnati again Monday night game. That's at Cincinnati's only injury really. Cecil Shorts hamstring. He returned to practice. Uh, nothing really else there, right? Well, yeah, they're com- they're coming back from the bye there, but uh, Cecil Shorts, um, you know, if he comes back, it might cut into Nate Washington's targets. Nate Nate Washington, uh, while Shorts was out, was going off, and um, yeah, uh, that's that's the main thing there. I mean, the the Texans, they got DeAndre Hopkins. There 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 has been you know passing yardage to go around and uh, keep fantasy owners. Uh, you know, looking at the, uh, the 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 Texans box score, but uh, yeah, Cecil Shorts, um, decent guy in PPR formats, but uh, the presence of Washington makes him uh, a little bit of a hit or miss guy at the moment. And it figures to be a 
high-scoring game, at least the Bengals will be high-scoring, so the Texans will have to keep throwing in order to keep up with the Bengals. Uh, final team in the AFC South, Colts, they might have had the biggest injury news, and they don't even play this week. Luck uh, is going to be out four, well, four weeks now, but he was first out two to six weeks with a lacerated kidney and partial ab tear. <laughs> and then, that does not sound fun. No, no, it does not. And then he was pushed back to at least four weeks the following day uh, based off those injuries. How long should fantasy owners realistically expect luck will be out? Well, I mean, you said it. I mean, the original timetable is two, two to six weeks. Now we're looking at, at four. So, you know, you, you take a look at the calendar. It's week 10. Um, you know, maybe he's back for the fantasy playoffs. I mean, he's a good enough quarterback that, that if you have the roster spot and the patience, uh, more importantly, he could be worth a stash. But that's that's definitely not the no-brainer that it would normally be given the kind of season that he's been having, the up-and-down season. Um, yeah, that's a tough one. And, and Matt Hasselbeck taking over. And, uh, I mean, he's a, he's a capable veteran. He uh, knows how to manage the offense. Uh, I think he did more than that during the, his first stint as yeah, starting quarterback. Yeah, I mean, he, he, he did pretty well. Uh, I, I was looking at those box scores, and I noticed that there was one game where that he was working with Andre Johnson where Johnson um, was not on the score sheet, but then against the Texans. Well, Johnson, no shocker <laughs> there, yeah. Yeah, Johnson had a rather big game, caught, caught a couple touchdowns, and that that's a player who I have on one of my more important league's rosters. And he has just been the most frustrating player to own. He's he's had a couple of good games, but overall, there's just been weeks where he's been invisible. And um, yeah, I mean the uh, the loss of luck definitely it you know it creates a new dynamic there in the offense. So it's going to be interesting to see which receivers that he that he bonds with in week ten and and, and beyond. Uh, T. Y. Hilton, you know. It wasn't looking good for him going into week uh, nine, and he ended up having a pretty solid game there. There's a guy that uh, is probably going to miss Andrew Luck. And, uh, you know, Dante Moncrief is is, is a guy that, uh, you know, the the loss of Luck and, and, and just the going into the season, we had this image of the Colts as a high-octane offense, and it just hasn't quite panned out the way we, we, we hoped. No, and it hasn't at all. Uh the Colts, after this bye, they play the Falcons week, well, I think that'll be week 11, Buccaneers week 12, and then Steelers week 13. Knowing those three people are next, and we know Andrew Luck is going to probably be out for that time, is that where we bring him, where we pick up Hasselbeck? It's, I, you know, I kind of, uh, you know, go back to the, the spiel about the the situational thing that I mentioned there. I mean, you, you are going to get, um, you know, three, maybe four starts out of Matt Hasselbeck, and there is value in that especially in deeper leagues, but definitely not like a, a top-tier quarterback. So two team leagues, two, two quarterback leagues, definitely. Your guy's injured. Luck, Roethlisberger, he's an option. Um, quarterbacks on bye this week or next week, sure. But other than that, kind of a, a res, you know reserve number two QB in most uh, fantasy formats there. Last division in the AFC, the AFC West. The Chiefs will go to Denver in a late afternoon game. They don't really have many injuries to report. However, Denver definitely does. A, a surprise today, Emmanuel Sanders was listed on the uh, injury report with an ankle injury. He did not practice Wednesday. Uh, he said the ankle was sore following the loss to the Colts in Week 9. He did catch six catches for 91 yards and a touchdown. So, I don't know. 
what was happening that he was well, sore. According to Sanders, he, he was hurt early in the game in week nine. Um, they got him taped up, uh, put, put his mouth guard back in, got him back in the game, 11 targets, as you mentioned, the six catches. Um, and his ankle is sore, and he missed practice today. So he's definitely a player to work that, that we're going to have to track as the week goes along. I would be surprised if he didn't play this weekend. But, uh, yeah, that was, um, you know, also Peyton Manning's on the injury report. He, d- he didn't practice due to a foot injury. Ah, I feel uh, like that happens every week, but it's mainly well, there, rest. There's, there, there's always something. Um, I mean, I guess Coach Gary Kubiak sort of let it slip out that uh, Manning's foot has been sore for, for a while now. Last week he was on the injury report, ended up listed as probable with a right shoulder issue. Um, again, with Manning, as, as I've mentioned with Nick a few times when, when he appeared on the injury report, the bigger question is not what, whether he's going to play because there's almost no doubt that he's going to play this weekend. But it's like, um, <laughs> is this fastball going to be clocked over 75 miles an hour at the, at the fair or, or not? Um, I mean, they still have a pretty good record, obviously, but uh, that, that's been largely due to the, the defense. Um, that Denver has. Um, yeah. Only other big injury, Owen Daniels didn't practice Wednesday with shoulder former and Former Badgers. We're just having all of those today, I guess. James yeah, well, White, there's, no there's a lot of former Badgers out there. And, and to listeners out there that don't um, understand the obsession with uh, former Badgers in Wisconsin, uh, Rotowire is based out of Madison, Wisconsin. Joe, where'd you go to college? I went to St. Norbert College. It's in De Pere. Green Bay, so yeah, Wisconsin boy through and through. So we're we're all about the Wisconsin here, um, but yeah, Owen Daniels didn't practice today. Coming off his biggest game of the of the season, um, six catches, uh, but guess what? Uh, maybe a little too late. You know, he's a little banged up now. And Vernon Davis, he's been with the Broncos uh, a little bit longer, and uh, I mean that was a nice pickup. Um, yeah, he, he did a lot last week, though. Well, you know. You get you get acquired to trade. You're just getting up to speed with the playbook, but uh, you know as we mentioned there, the, the the perceived lack of arm strength, which is per- perceived if you look at a game in which uh, Peyton Manning has been throwing. Other than maybe there was that one game that he seemed to be throwing pretty well. Uh, what's what's a good player to add? A tight end with athletic ability. So Vernon Davis could be a nice nice uh, option for Peyton Manning down the stretch and un- probably at the expense of Owen Daniels coming off his biggest game of the year. Another tight end with athletic Billy that probably won't get to use it, Virgil Green. He was full participant in practice with a finger injury. C.J. Anderson, ankle injury, and Ronnie Hillman with a quad. They were both full pra- uh, full participants in practice Wednesday. They should be good to go uh, for the Chiefs game. Moving on to the Raiders, fun fact, this is only the third time in the last 20 years Minnesota has traveled to Oakland to play a game. Uh, what do you think about that? Well, hey, you know, get those frequent flyer miles uh, logged, and uh, yeah, it should be an interesting game. Uh, the Raiders aren't as bad as people thought they were going to be, and the Vikings, uh, give, giving your Packers a little run for the money there, too. Yeah, they have a terrific defense, uh, and one that might stop Latavius Murray if he plays. Latavius Murray, had a, he's going through concussion protocol right now. He appeared to hurt his ankle. I was watching the game after a crushing shot from the Pittsburgh defender last week. Instead, it's a concussion. Is Murray going to miss any time? And if he does, who's going to play for him? Well, you know, it's only Wednesday. Um, he didn't practice today. He's in the concussion protocol right now. It's a little bit too early to get a read on that. Um, but if he doesn't play, it's a 
that is a who's you know your guess is as good as mine as to who might um, fill in for him. Tywan Jones, who the Raiders list as their top backup uh, on their posted depth chart, he had as many fumbles as carries uh, in Week Nine. Boy, that's a brutal two, stat. Two two carries, no yards, two fumbles. Uh, that's that's going to get you straight to the bench. Um, Roy Hallou was inactive for that game, so um, it wouldn't surprise me if he is active for Week Ten. And then. Basically, it's the fullbacks. So maybe Marcel Reese is a guy that is a bit of a dart if Murray ends up uh, missing the game this weekend. But, I, I, you know, I think he's in the 50-50 territory. Definitely, you know, go back to the Rotowire plug. Keep on reading the site all the way down to Sunday morning when we, when we post the inactives. Um, because look, Murray, when he's in the lineup, he's, 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 he's looked great. And because of the uncertainty... Uh, in his backup, uh, you know, situation there, uh, definitely something to look for. Marcel Reese, you mentioned him as a potential replacement. He has looked great when Latavius Murray's been out, so I could absolutely see him going off in a game like this, even with Minnesota having good defense, if Murray is ruled out. I mean, it's been a while since we've seen the Marcel Reese explosion, <laughs> but uh, if you if you look back at his like game logs for over the last like four, even you know. However, however long he's been with the Raiders, uh, he has these random games where he's he just goes off, and obviously that's usually because uh, the you know, the running back in front of him is injured. I've always wondered why they didn't use him more, but then again, he's still healthy and uh, they haven't run him into the ground. So maybe this could be a week that he would be an extreme dart if uh, you know you're a Murray owner and you want to wait till the last minute. And uh, then you got to make that last-minute move there. Could be Reese. Another player that's been really productive for the Raiders this season but could potentially not be this week, Amari Cooper. He was on the injury report today, quad injury. He didn't practice Wednesday. Yeah, he showed up on the injury report. I'm not getting a good read on, on whether or not that's just kind of a precautionary thing or, 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 or whatever. But he was on the field uh, for, for a bit before um, going to the training room. Maybe he was just getting some treatment. Maybe it was a maintenance thing. Well, we should have a better read on that, um, you know, no later than Thursday. My sense is, is that he'll probably be you know, able to play there, but definitely keep an eye on that because he, he's the one rookie wideout that uh, is actually paying the bills this year. Last man owners. standing. Yeah. Uh, final team in the AFC West, Chargers, they are on a bye, and they have just had a brutal stretch of luck as far yeah. as injury goes. I mean, Keenan Allen out for the year. Now Malcolm Floyd dealing with a shoulder labrum issue that he wants to play through, but, uh, you know, that's a tough one, uh, especially with their record. He, he says it's going to be his last season. Don't blame him for wanting to go out on a high note in terms of, uh, you know, his, his playing. But, uh, yeah, well, keep an eye on that because uh, the Chargers, you know, with Phillip Rivers as their quarterback, whoever is the – you know, starting receiver uh, duo is definitely going to be, you know, wor- worthy of attention in fantasy. Right now, Stevie Johnson, he's the last man standing of the top three. And then uh, we're down to maybe Dontrell Inman and Javante Herndon. Um, Dontrell Inman didn't do much in week nine. Um, kind, of, kind of a trendy pickup in the, uh, in the wake of the Keenan Allen injury. But if Floyd is out or limited, I mean, Someone's got to do it, so maybe maybe in- Inman finally does, um, you know, seize that job and and produces down the stretch for fantasy owners. Again, 
in that offense with Phillip Rivers as quarterback, they're going to throw. Um, and Antonio Gates can't catch everything. I, I agree with you there. A fun little fact, well, not even a fact, I guess, but fun little game I want to play here. I got three players that I have statistics listed for, and I want you to try and guess oh, wow. which ones they are. So player A, 45 catches, 521 yards, three touchdowns. Wait a minute. Is, are these all chargers? I can't tell you that. That's going to ruin okay. the game. Right, oh, the game. come on. Right. It's the game. We were focused about the game. The game. So you have to guess who they are. And this is, okay, I, 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 I thought that it was the context of the Chargers. So well, yes, one of them is a Charger. I'll give you that. I'll give you okay. a hint. One is a Charger. One is a Charger. Okay, but it's the whole league we're talking about. Whole right, league, so yes. rewind. Give me those numbers again. Yeah, okay. So player A, 45 catches, 521 yards, three touchdowns. Player B, 42 catches, 566 yards, two touchdowns. Player C, 40 catches, 476 yards, five touchdowns. Wow, that's, uh, I don't know, maybe Danny Woodhead's one of them. Well, which one? <laughs> oh, man, I can't remember. I'm putting you on the spot. I can't remember those numbers. <laughs> Danny uh, Woodhead was player A with 45 catches, 520 yards, and three touchdowns. That's not including his rushing yards. Any idea which two receivers are player B and player C? Okay, give me those numbers again. Yeah, 42 catches, 566 yards, two touchdowns. That's on an AFC West team. And then player C is 40 catches, 476 yards, and five touchdowns. That's an NFC North team. Okay. Um, NFC North. uh, Let's go Travis Benjamin. Uh, That would be AFC North, but no, Travis Benjamin is not correct. NFC North. Oh, sorry. I thought you said uh, I got my my. Well, we were just so excited talking about Travis Benjamin. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, this game is tough, and you, you throw these curveballs at me. Well, um, yeah, I suppose. I, it's my first day here. Uh, I just try to get excited. <laughs> yeah, no, Player B was actually Jeremy Macklin. Okay. And yep. Player C, Randall Cobb. So Danny Woodhead is outproducing both players at this point in the well, fantasy season. Apart from exposing my inability to process the numbers quickly and on the fly, uh, you, did, you, you do raise a good point, uh, you know, that Danny Woodhead, the running back, uh, is going to be one of the ways that the Chargers fill the void created by Keenan Allen's loss. And uh, Melvin Gordon, um, former Badger. Former Badger. Uh, he's, he's getting the, the bulk of the carries, the early down work. But uh, Danny Woodhead, uh, in terms of touches and yardage, is the Chargers running back to own. And more so now that they, they have so many injuries in their wideout core. He's putting up receiver numbers. To me, that's just incredible looking at those statistics. I I liked Melvin Gordon a lot coming into the year, and I have to I think that he's droppable at this point. Uh, I just don't see any success for him in the future. Well, right it's now. tough to drop a, a running back who is you know a starter in the NFL, especially with all the uh, injuries at at the position this year. But you know you don't really feel that great about starting him this week or, or any week until he has his. Uh, you know, breakthrough game, or, and you start feeling that he's going to consistently produce. Again, you know, the uh, the Chargers are going to have to make some adjustments there with all the uh, the injuries at wide out. I do think that Danny Woodhead is going to, you know, maintain value, especially in PPR formats. But, uh, you know, Melvin Gordon, it's time to step up. You know, some of the, some of his uh, veteran counterparts are out or, uh, or banged up. Uh, you know, I mean, they drafted him high. He's been a bit of a disappointment, but, you know, the year's not over yet. Too early to write him off. 
Fantasy football just got a whole lot more interesting. Week 10, DraftKings will be hosting yet another Millionaire Maker event with $1.2 million going to first place. Go to DraftKings.com now and enter promo code ROTOWIRE to play free with your first deposit on DraftKings. That's promo, car, that's promo code ROTOWIRE for a free entry now with your first deposit at DraftKings.com. This isn't fantasy as usual. This isn't fantasy as usual. This is DraftKings. Welcome to the big time. Joe, welcome to Big Time. Big Time. Big Time uh, NFC East, too. Well, you know, the Wednesday podcast is the Big Time. I feel like I stepped up in the world. I really do. I was so excited when I got to know that I was doing this. Yeah, yeah, you're doing a great job, and uh, it saves me the indignity of talk, you know, wasting so much breath about the Jaguars. I, yeah. I, I, I just threw that in there just to see if Nick Whalen's paying attention there. You'd have to wait a long time to get to that point. Yeah, well, you know, we'll see. We'll see. We'll if see. Nick Whalen shows up tomorrow and, and, and gives me a dirty look, I'll know he listened to the podcast. <laughs> okay. Well, moving on to the NFC, we have the Eagles. They're going. Uh, they're playing Miami. It's in Philadelphia. It's another 1 p.m. Eastern time kickoff. DeMarco Murray had a groin injury. He was able to play against Dallas last week. He's full participant. Same with Ryan Matthews. He had a groin injury as well. Both practiced Wednesday. Uh, joining that practice Wednesday list was Nelson Aguilar. He also, another first-round receiver that's just been awful. Yeah, I kind of forgot about him. He was the uh, <laughs> he was the Jeremy Macklin replacement plan, but it hasn't quite panned out. I mean, he I believe he practiced fully by the end of the week last week, uh, but he ended up listed as questionable and inactive. So I do like his future with the Eagles, uh, but, yeah, tough, tough guy to own right now. You know, there was a lot of excitement about all these young wideouts that, that, that you mentioned. I think we've now that we've mentioned him. I think we've pretty much covered the high-profile ones. But again, Amari Cooper is the only one that's really got it done from a fantasy perspective. Well, we were ruined from 2014 when we had Evans and Odell and just all those receivers explode. That there was no way that that was going to be replicated. We all knew that. Like we're in this business, we knew that was going to happen. And yet, I still couldn't help but be excited for players like Aguilar and Kevin White and Devontae Parker. Yeah, I mean, uh, Aguilar is is one player that. Uh, I mean, he's he's been injured of late, but that's not been the main problem for him. Whereas, I mean, you can't really blame Kevin White or Perriman or Parker for for their injuries. That's just bad luck uh, for them and for their teams. But uh, yeah, you know, it's 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 always a, a risk to invest that heavily uh, in a wideout, and that's why there's a lot of teams like your Packers that have a tendency to you know, maybe not be that aggressive uh, at that position. Although I believe, I guess Cobb was a first-round pick. No, right? Cobb was a second-round pick. Second Jordy round pick. was a second-round okay. oh, pick. Oh, Devontae, third-round pick. Ty Montgomery, oh, third-round pick. you're going to have to edit that out, man. Oh, boy, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, like, I was thinking of Jordy and Greg Jennings, guys like that. Oh, you know? Greg was a second-round pick, too. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Oh, okay. Yeah. Those, those are they, they got some good value uh, a little bit later on. They didn't uh, necessarily go the Detroit Lions route of just – Three yeah. years in a row. <laughs> Let's just grab another wideout in the first round. Uh, uh, yeah, exactly. I, that's tough. Um, going to the Redskins, they are home against the Saints, another 1 p.m. Eastern time kickoff. Andre Roberts, ankle, he was limited in practice. Chris Thomas, he had a back injury. He was full participant. Otherwise, they're pretty clean at the injury front. One guy returning from an injury last week, Deshaun Jackson, um, he was out since week one with a hamstring injury, and he played against the Patriots. You're a Patriots. And promptly stunk up the joint. Three catches for 15 yards. After the game, he said, 
to reporters, I can't call the plays for me. I can't throw the ball to myself. So when the coaches and the quarterback call my number, I'll be there and doing what I need to do. <laughs> Coach Doria, please, what do you do with this offense with Jackson? Listen, listen to what he said. I mean, he's definitely the most uh, dangerous deep threat that they have. You know, first came, game coming back from a hamstring injury, it's not surprising that he didn't have a big game. Uh, but he is, he is electric with the ball when he's healthy. He can get open with his wheels. Uh, I mean, I think uh, him and Pierre Garçon make a nice one-two punch at, as starting wideouts. Jameson Crowder is kind of a solid slot guy. Um, Jordan Reed, solid tight end. Uh, well, the running backs did not do very well against the Patriots, but, uh, I mean, you look at it, the, the ingredients are there for a decent offense. Uh, you know, quarterback Kirk Cousins, well, that might be your problem, but... Um, I don't know. I think Deshaun Jackson, as long as his, uh, his you know his injury holds up, I think I think he's going to produce for them down the stretch. I mean, take a look what he did last year. Uh, he just needed a little time to you know shake off the rust or, or the offensive coordinator remember that he's there kind of thing. I don't know. Well, you talk about Kurt Cousins, and maybe he's not the quarterback for the future, but I think he could be a great quarterback this week for DFS purposes. He's going against those Rob Ryan-led defense for the Saints and. They have just been torched by Mariota, by Eli Manning. Like, there's been some big games against Turner. I think Kirk Cousins could be well, in Mount He's certainly uh, capable of that. And, uh, yeah, so maybe this is the week that Jackson uh, breaks out. And, uh, I mean, I, I owned him um, in two leagues and kept held on to him this this whole time. And I'm probably going to start him in, in Good both Good for you. You deserve league. a medal for that. <laughs> well, you know, they were, they were deep enough leagues that there. it's not like there was, like, uh, bunch of Sammy Watkinses laying, laying around on the waiver wire. So uh, you just had to roll with it. Uh, speaking of rolling, we're going to roll on over to the Cowboys. They go to Tampa Bay, another 1 p.m. Eastern time slate. Matt Castle was a full participant today with a knee injury. Um, Bryce Butler, Kristen Michael, Rod Smith, they all missed uh, with a variety of different injuries. Biggest DMP, though, Wednesday, that was Des Bryant. He had five catches, 104 yards, and a big touchdown. However, on that touchdown, he injured his knee and foot going for a jump ball situation. Cole Beasley emerged in that game against the Giants as a receiving threat. Is that something we should expect to continue? Well, I mean, first off, we got to address the the Des Bryant situation. Um, yeah, it's a little you know it's a little bit uh, concerning that he missed practice today, but the the indications I get are that. He's probably going to, you know, be able to play through that. Uh, definitely track him as as the week goes along. I mean, he did did have that foot injury that uh, he came back from, uh, and there was there was definite concerns of reaggravation. Um, just sounds like he's a little bit banged up after that catch. Uh, I think he'll be fine. As as for Cole Beasley, he went from two dud weeks to, you know, lots of targets last week. A little bit hard to trust, but um, you know if, if he if he does it again this week, maybe I, I'll start having more confidence in him as a PPR option. But uh, yeah, I'm not going to overreact to that uh, that one big stat line. There is is the, is the point, but definitely a player to keep an eye out. It's clear Terrence Williams isn't the answer, even when Des Bryant's out. So I think Cole Beasley could be in line for more <laughs> targets. But it seems like yeah, Des look, Bryant's the first choice. You look in at his office. box scores from earlier in the year. He was he was producing a decent at a decent rate in uh, you know PPR formats and deeper ones. But then he kind of disappeared uh, for a couple weeks in advance of Week Nine. 
So definitely a hit or miss situation, and especially if Bryant is okay, uh, he's going to be a target, you know, monster. Jason Witten's around. Uh, Darren McFadden can catch passes out of the backfield. So, yeah, going to be a hit or miss guy. But, uh, you know, there's definitely some PPR value to be had there in the right situation with him. Giants, they go, well, they stay in New York. The Patriots will come to them there, another second-half game. Not too many injuries to note here. Victor Cruz still not practicing, still no timetable for that calf injury. Larry Donnell, he did not practice Wednesday with a neck injury. Yeah, I mean, uh, Victor Cruz, I think we, we've gone through that just about every week here, uh, you know, prior to your arrival in the podcast. And it's just kind of like, you know, maybe he'll have a few games down the stretch, but as long as Odell Beckham Jr. is there and, and Ruben Randall, uh, Victor Cruz is going to be a complimentary guy. Uh, they, you know, early in the year, there was all kinds of hope that, that he was going to be fine, but uh, it's just lingered, and here we are, and he's not really, you know, it's not an imminent thing. Maybe maybe in a couple of weeks. Larry Donnell didn't, you know, didn't play last week. Uh, opened the door for Will Ty. Uh, he caught a couple of passes, but not much to see there. Uh, I agree with you there. Will Ty just doesn't seem like, well, really doesn't seem like much of an NFL tight end. So I, I think if... Larry Dinell can come back. That'll be helpful for the Giants' offense. Moving over to the NFC North, Packers, they have had a rough two-stretch. Oh, man, I don't even want to talk about it right now. Don't don't bring it up. You're smiling right. over there. I don't want to talk about it. They... Right, we won't talk about the Packers. Just let's go to the next team. Well, we have to talk about the Packers. I just don't want no, to talk about them. you don't want to talk about them. I don't want, well, okay, right. you got me. Uh, the Packers, they are going to play Detroit in Lambeau. That's the recipe for, for a bounce back. That'll make me feel better, I hope. I hope. But what didn't make me feel better, uh, my boy Eddie Lacy, he's – Groin injury, limited in practice Wednesday. More importantly, James Starks announces the number one starter. What well, do we think you know, about that? Well, what do we think about that? Uh, the the better player is the starter. I mean, like, um, earlier in the year, and I think it's on record on this podcast, it's definitely on record in the, the Roadwire bullpen. I, I was avoiding Eddie Lacy, feeling that, uh, you know, I visibly didn't look in good shape. Um, just worried about his running style that, you know, definitely is, it, he's a punishing runner, punishes opponents, but he also punishes his own body just by the way he plays. And, um, I mean, James Starks just looks like the more energetic, um, exciting runner right now. And, and, you know, maybe Eddie Lacy does, you know, when the weather gets crappy and they start playing in the snow and the mud and the, the bad weather, maybe he reemerges, But right now, James Stark is, is simply the better player. And I think James, Spark, uh, James Starks has been the better player for some time. Not Okay, so Eddie Lacy's great running back. I'm not saying that, but I think James Starks is a lot... Uh, he's, he's underrated. I, I don't think he has been thought of as a starting quality running back, and he, and he is. He's had some, you know, he's had his moments in the NFL, but, you know, Eddie Lacy looked great last year. But, uh, I mean... I don't want to like uh, you know be too too harsh on the guy, but he just does not look like he's in good shape. Maybe he did he did have a you know an ankle injury earlier in the year. Now maybe groin he, injury. Maybe, maybe he uh, you know fell behind in his training, but it it's just he just doesn't have the uh, the burst that he did last year. And you know he's a powerful guy, obviously, but he he, he does need the burst for that power to translate to to effectiveness. 
and Starks is a powerful guy too. I think they actually have similar running styles. It's a lot more legs and arms for Starks, but I, Lacey's just got a bigger body. It's still the same yeah. same thing. I was kind of uh, I was watching some uh, some Packers film the other day and watching Starks and kind of uh, there's a little bit of Ryan Grant in him. Oh, know? don't say that. That's the two two yards in a cloud of dust running back. I don't want to hear that. Uh, Ryan Grant, he he had he had a decent uh, decent fantasy run there. I mean, he he was effective. I I'm a Packer fan. I know what he did. Uh, <laughs> James Starks is so much different than Ryan Grant. Uh, I oh, think that know. Starks has some explosiveness that explosiveness that could really uh, be used effectively. More, he's got more than Eddie Lacy, that's for sure. And yeah, referencing the weight stuff that you were saying. Yeah, definitely. Well, you know, he's got the job for now. So uh, let's see if he can run with it. Well, let's see if he can run. With it against the Lions, Kelvin Johnson, ankle injury. He was limited at practice Wednesday. Uh, with, seriously, all of the Packers secondary banged up. Casey Hayward, concussion, didn't practice Wednesday. Demarius Randall, a Packers first-round pick, illness, didn't practice Wednesday. Sam Shields missed last week's game. Shoulder, limited practice. Burnett, Hyde, Rollins, all full practices, but they're listed on the death chart. The only one not listed on the injury report, Clinton Dix. With all of those players injured, can Kelvin Johnson, Golden Tate, can they make some noise? Well, you know, the Lions are coming back from uh, from a bye. And, uh, I mean, Johnson, I believe, was injured in the last play, um, the last game that he played. And he was, he, I believe he was limited today, so I think he's probably going to be able to give it a go. I mean, you can't really bet against Megatron, and he's definitely their best bet, you know, at this stage. Uh, Matthew Stafford, you know, what what else can you say about him that we haven't already said? Um, I mean, on paper, Tate, Megatron, banged up uh, Packers secondary. Uh, you know, the Lions had a, a week to regroup. I wouldn't bet against Megatron. Packers have been histor- historically bad against taller receivers like Megatron. So I agree. I think he's going to have a big game, and I hate to say that. I yep. think we prevail, but I think he's going to have a big game. Yeah, but definitely, um, you know, make sure that that he, that he doesn't go into the game as a, a game time decision or anything wacky like that. You know, given given the ankle injury, I think he's going to play, but uh, that's not totally locked in just yet. It's something for fantasy owners to follow. The Vikings they go to Oakland. We mentioned that before. Only notable in- injury was Bridgewater. He sustained a question. Uh, he sustained a concussion after a very questionable hit during last week's game. He was limited in practice uh, Wednesday. He had dinner. We know he ate food because that was really need to be reported. Uh, is he going to play? Uh, do you know what he ate? Uh, I, I just know he went to dinner. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's that's the kind of thing that that uh, beat writers report, I guess, when they want to express that a, that a player is doing okay. Uh, yeah, I saw that report too. I was like, okay, good, good for him. Good to know. Yeah, uh, but you know, you, you you see the highlight. Um, I don't think that it was an especially. I don't think that the, uh, the the Rams defender was out there to hurt him. It was it was kind of a nasty elbow, and you know, of course, the camera goes to to Bridgewater, eyes closed. Um, so it looks like he might have been might have lost consciousness for at least you know a few seconds or something like that. So anytime you know the lights go out on a player. That is very concerning, um, you know, with head injuries, concussions. So far, the Vikings are saying that, you know, Bridgewater's doing pretty well in all his, um, you know, in, in the NFL's concussion protocol with the, the tests um, so far. So there's encouragement, but it's, it's only Wednesday. He's obviously not cleared. And, um, yeah, that one, that one might go down to the wire or at least 
we're not going to have a good feel for you know Bridgewater's potential status until Friday. So maybe Sean Hill gets the start. Oh God! <laughs> well, that's the immortal good. Sean Hill. That's probably good for Adrian Peterson owners. That's uh, true. That's true. Well, what about Stefan Diggs though in that situation? Well, you know, he didn't have a great game this last week anyway. Um, you know, he's he's emerged as the uh, the Vikings' top threat. Um, you know, they got to pass to somebody, Sean Hill included. Uh, but yeah, it doesn't really inspire confidence in guys like Mike Wallace bouncing back, for example, or or Charles Johnson resurfacing on the fantasy radar. It's kind of digs or nothing right now in terms of the, the Vikings wideouts. I think if Sean Hill ends up playing it and let's make it known we don't know that for sure that's not been reported anything like that uh kyle rudolph could be a great play uh oakland always stinks at covering tight ends that's just the mantra at this point so he could be someone to use uh yeah. dfs and, and there's the old the, the uh the old safety valve uh you know theory as well so yeah why not uh but i, I would imagine in any case that they would probably want to you know go with uh, adrian peterson as much as possible he's coming off a big game and um, you know that's 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 going to be the player that they lean on as they try to keep keep up with uh, pass or, or whatever the Packers. <laughs> uh, Bears travel to St. Louis for another 1 p.m. Eastern time kickoff. Eddie Royal missed practice with a knee injury. Uh, he didn't play in last Monday's game against the Chargers. Robbie Good as Gold also was in. Well, he was injured. He was sick. He didn't practice. Timetable is unclear with that. The Bears might have to pick up a kicker. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, uh, I haven't like dug too deeply into that. But generally, a, a player that misses uh, practice on Wednesday with an illness, unless it's something really nasty, they're usually going to be okay. So I wouldn't be too worried about that. Illnesses uh, were the big uh, trend. It seemed like in the injury report today. I just saw a lot of yeah, them. Yeah, it's a lot of guys. Just they they sit out one, maybe two practices, and and. Usually they play. I mean, Jamie Collins from the Patriots, it's a guy that uh, we, we, we forgot to mention. He was added to the injury report on Saturday as questionable with an illness, and he ended up not playing and not practicing today. So there's a guy whose illness, he's, he's, you know, he's got a nasty bug, and, and he's still maybe iffy for this week. But I, I, I wouldn't worry too much about uh, Robbie, Robbie Gold. Robbie uh, Gold. But uh, I think he's missed his last three field goal attempts, and in, including two uh, you know, tough ones in this in the in the last game there. So, I don't know. Fantasy owners may may have different reasons for not playing them than his illness this week. But uh, Eddie Royal and Matt Forte both dealing with knee injuries. Uh, Matt Forte, I guess, was limited today, but it would surprise me if he was able to play this week. He's you know he's got the MCL issue. Typically, that's at least a couple of weeks. Uh, Langford played well in his absence um i think wells an understatement 18 uh, yeah. carries 72 yards touchdown and then three more catches for 70 yards that was excellent yeah so there's there's no real need to rush forte back at this stage and uh yeah i mean there was there was talk uh, initially that it was going to be a multi-week absence um so he's not close to ruled out or anything like that but uh you know i the bears may even end up listing him as questionable but in my mind he's more more doubtful than questionable and Eddie Royal, uh, whether he plays or not, man, it's he's just been kind of a disappointment this year overall. Um, he's just been a tough guy to own. I thought I thought there was a great opportunity for him in that offense, but it just hasn't really panned out. Though Alshon Jeffrey and Jeffrey and uh, Martellus Bennett are getting it done, so there's that. I really bought into the narrative that 
Eddie Royal with former Denver Broncos quarterback Jay Cutler was going to be something, at least for PPR purposes this year, and it just has not happened. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's, it could down the road, but uh, well, at least uh, Jeffrey is finally healthy enough to catch pat, you know, 10 passes two weeks in a row. And Martellus Bennett had a big weekend um, as well, or not weekend, had a big week. Yeah, he killed me in a few fantasy leagues uh, where it was coming down to the wire. Going to the NFC South, boy, this division doesn't have many injuries at all. That's kind of a nice thing to see uh, after all these things have happened to other people. The Saints, they go to Washington, another 1 p.m. Eastern kickoff time. Marquise Colson didn't practice Wednesday, but don't worry, that wasn't injury-related. Willie Sneed, he's the only receiver to worry about that was injured. He had a knee. He was limited to practice. Yeah, I don't think that's anything really uh, definitely worth tracking. Colston, you know, a guy that's kind of like, he's now the number three guy. Whether or not that's how he's listed, uh, if you look at the numbers, he did have that that big game when when Drew Brees had 17,000 touchdowns. Well, it helps when the Giants don't cover him either, because that's what happened on the big 41-year touchdown or whatever distance it ends up being. But Willie Sneed, you know, he's he's the real deal, I guess, and... uh, you know him and Brandon Cooks are the, uh, the are the are the guys in that offense for now. Uh, there's no more no more Jimmy Grand Jimmy Graham around. So uh, yeah, Willie Sneed. Panthers go to Tennessee, uh, 1 p.m. Eastern time kickoff. Ed Dixon he had a quad injury, limited in practice Wednesday. I didn't think there was anything to worry about that necessarily. Yeah, I mean he's not on the fantasy radar anyway. Yeah. As long as uh, Greg Olson is alive and well, and Greg Olson is alive and well, he's been doing terrific. Jonathan Stewart, however is on the fantasy radar, and he did miss a little bit of practice with an ankle injury today. Yeah, limited. I mean, um, lots of guys are limited on Wednesday. Uh, I'm not getting the sense that he's in any danger of, uh, of missing the contest, but um, looking at looking at your your uh, podcast prep notes here and, uh, you know, like, who's his backup? Like, if something really <laughs> happens a good question. to him, something really happens to him, uh, I guess it's Fozzie Whitaker. I mean... Cameron Artis Payne has been, you know, a healthy scratch from time to time um, this season. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, it, we're, 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 we live in a, in a world where Fozzie Whitaker could end up being a fantasy difference maker if something happens to Jonathan Stewart. I, I, I don't think it's going to be this week. But I have seen year after year where the most random of players, when you start getting to, like, week 13, 14, 15, 16, uh, the Fozzie Whitakers of the world emerge as the fantasy darlings, and then you get to week seventeen, and then you know you have you have some teams with nothing to play for, and then suddenly the the backups, you know, the Jimmy Garoppolo's. I mean, that's something that 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 anyone who owns Tom Brady or Rob Gronkowski is going to have to think about if they're if they play all the way through week seventeen. You know, a lot of points based leagues do uh, even week even week sixteen. I mean, if the in the unlikely event that the Patriots aren't undefeated. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. Well, Mike, they're going to be playing uh, because they're, they're going for the record again. Yeah, so, you know, if they're, uh, you know, going for that uh, that perfect record, um, you know, they'll, 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 they'll play their players. Um, I mean, the Patriots have definitely been one of those teams that, that will rest their starters if they have things clinched. But that 16-0 thing, that, that little 16-0 thing that didn't quite, they didn't quite close the deal on that. Um, it can be argued that that last week when they kind of like uh, barely squeaked out against the Giants, that that kind of, you know, they took their feet off the gas. But there's definitely going to be some teams, Joe, at, in Week 17 that have nothing to play for. I mean, it's a little bit early to, you know, predetermine who they are, but there's a, there's a, 
there's some undefeated teams right now. Um, and there's, yeah, at the end of the season, there's always a lot of randomness. And that's generally one of the main causes of it. And in this season in particular, with all the injuries that have happened, it's something that could really, like, we could have a Fozzie Whitaker app. We could have a Marcel Reese come out of nowhere and, and surprise these last three or four weeks. One name, Kendrick West. Yes, there you go. That that's yeah. that's a good one too. One of the names to consider, I think, also if Stewart doesn't play, uh, Mike Tolbert even could get some goal line touches at that point. Maybe some catches, kind of like Marcel Reese does with the Raiders, but nothing too fantasy relevant. Yeah, yeah that's that's pushing it. But uh, again, I don't think that there's any imminent danger that Stewart is going to miss uh, this game. Uh, Buccaneers they play Dallas at Tampa Bay. Another one p.m. Eastern time kickoff. Austin Severin Jenkins, shoulder injury. He's limited Wednesday. It's, can he play this week? Could be. Uh, it was looking close last week. Uh, maybe it's looking closer this week. Uh, I think they'd like to get him back, get that big target in there. Uh, Vincent Jackson is banged up as well. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's de- th- those, are, those are guys that are. I don't have a great uh, feel for their availability this week. It, you know, keep on, uh, keep on checking the road wire uh, but, yeah, Safarian Jenkins definitely has some upside in that offense uh, when he's healthy. He, he looked like a breakout candidate till he got hurt. Right, exactly. Vincent Jackson, another guy that looked pretty good before he got hurt, knee injury. He missed practice again today. Not a good chance that he's playing this um, week, right? Yeah, iffy, iffy at best. Um, and then I think, we, I think we've at least figured out who the, uh, the, the guy who sort of replaces him, you know, obviously not in terms of quality, but – Adam Humphreys, five catches, 55 yards, five targets last week. We were trying to figure that out a couple weeks ago. Um, so there, there you go. There's your, there, your random Tampa Bay receiver to <laughs> throw a dart at if Jackson is uh, out again. Falcons are on a bye this week. Leonard Hankerson, he had a hamstring injury. He has a chance to heal. Otherwise, fantasy owners have to try and find a person to replace Devonta Freeman with. He's been amazing this year. Yeah, you know, kind of uh, – Tevin Coleman had a chance to uh, take the job. Uh, you know, they were both injured uh, leading up to the season, uh, and they took turns getting hurt. And then finally, uh, when Freeman was healthy and Coleman wasn't, uh, Freeman just, you know, I guess if you, like, keep on getting three touchdown games, you tend to keep the job. Well, he's also he's second in rushing yards right behind Adrian Peterson right now. So I don't think it's just touchdowns. That guy's been incredible. And yeah. I liked him more than Coleman to start the year. That's not to say Coleman can't be a I think he uh, might have been in the, the minority there. A lot of people were had, had kind of, like, soured on Freeman after, you know, his rookie year in which he, you know, didn't really do a whole lot. Um, and then they went out and drafted Coleman. And there's always... The, the new the new rookie always gets you know generates more buzz and but you know Coleman what he did in college you know had a lot of people that were following the draft very excited about what he could do in that offense and they were you know pretty much ready to write Devontae Freeman off but uh, you know cut to last year a lot of people were high on Freeman and and we're kind of seeing why I, I agree absolutely and I I just think that you shouldn't discount his talent because he did have it last year it didn't go anywhere. Uh, and I think he's probably the starter next year, I would think, right? He's done nothing to, uh, you know, to, to lose that. Uh, I mean, I think it's, it's a situation there where, like, Coleman may get his chance down the road, but it's probably going to be the result of a Freeman injury. That's I agree. Uh, last division, NFC West. Again, pretty minimal injuries here. They're being really kind to us once more. <laughs> Rams, uh, they play Chicago in St. Louis, another 1 p.m. Eastern time kickoff. 
Todd Gurley didn't practice. No worries. Wasn't injury related. Just rest. Yep. Just rest. Just just rest that ACL. Yeah, it's okay. It's been, it's been good. It's been good to the Rams. It's been good to him. It's been great to fantasy owners. He's but been yeah, terrific. This you don't year. you don't want to push it. I mean, the guy has gone from you know torn ACL last fall to missing a number of games to start the season to oh yeah, it's going to take him a few weeks to get going to. He's just been awesome from the get-go. Uh, Seahawks, they play Arizona in a Sunday night matchup. That's going to be terrific as far as viewing purposes goes. I'm, I'm looking forward to that one. Uh, they are not really dealing with much. Marshawn Lynch missed pra- practice, but just like Gurley, not injury-related, no worries there. Luke Wilson, limited in practice, you know, backup, backup, tight end. You know, I, I think he got a touchdown maybe in his last game, but uh, Jimmy Graham's around, and, and that's – the force is not with Luke uh, when uh, Jimmy Graham's in the lineup. doesn't feel like the force is with Russell Wilson either. Uh, I mean, if we're talking about the Wilson brothers here, what's been happening with that? Well, I mean, you look at uh, you look at the offense. I mean, it still runs through Marshawn Lynch and Russell Wilson, you know, when he, when he does, um, you know, move out of the pocket there. Uh, they're, they're wideouts. Um, I mean, uh, the rookie Lockett, has some talent, but uh, it's not really the most imposing group of wideouts in the league, to say the least. And they, you know, they seem to have addressed their their tight end situation pretty well with Jimmy Graham, but he's just been a guy that they haven't quite figured out how to use properly, or some, some weeks they do, other weeks they don't. So yeah, he's, you know, the Seahawks offense has been a little bit frustrating from a fantasy perspective uh, in that regard. And let's not forget Russell Wilson is literally running for his life. It seems like every single time he drops back to pass, the yeah, offensive you know, they, line's been. They traded a key offensive lineman to get yeah. Jimmy Graham, and you hate to say that the one, you know, the loss of one player is going to ruin the line or, or that kind of thing, but uh, they definitely miss the, 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 you know, the player that they traded for Jimmy Graham. Oh, and I think they lost a few free agents too. Uh, Gio Camini, I think, went to the Jets as far as a free agent signing. It's just I, that's the reason to me that he hasn't been able to be productive as a fantasy quarterback. I mean, I guess he's still top 10 or close to that, but he just hasn't been what I would have thought he would be this year. Yeah, I mean, he was definitely um, that second tier. You know, heading into the season, <clears throat> the first tier was pretty much uh, Luck and Rodgers, and then maybe the, the, there was the drop-off, and then people started thinking about Russell Wilson with the next the next tier there, and hasn't quite panned out. The but, Seahawks' op- opponent, Cardinals, uh they have a few injuries at the receiver. John Brown, Britton Golden, both uh, limited in practice Wednesday due to hamstring injuries. Larry Fitzgerald and Darren Fells, ankle and shoulder injuries. They were full participants in practice Wednesday. Due to John Brown being hurt and Britton Golden being hurt, is Michael Floyd worth starting against the vaunted Seahawks secondary? Well, you know, uh, I, I think that's kind of unrelated. I mean, Michael Floyd uh, definitely has shown some signs of life. With fit with fits around though the, the the targets are going to be a little bit uh, tough to predict. Uh, John Brown was actually active um, prior to the uh, Cardinals buy, but yes, uh, yeah, that's right. Never never left the sideline. Drew the ire of fantasy owners. Um, definitely some negative tweets. Uh, you know, we it's fun to play fantasy sports and it's fun to be into it. It's fun to be competitive, but man, when fantasy owners are like tweeting john brown or you know angry messages like hey dude you ruined my fantasy week by by uh being active and not playing 
and then you know there's there's lots of other examples of of uh, people out there in the what, what do they call it? What do you young folks call it? The the, the Twitter sphere or the the Twitterverse or whatever. Unfortunately, I'm, I'm a young person, but I, I'm not up to date on the Twitter sphere or whatever <laughs> but, you wanted to call it. That's know, not the greatest you, you experience. You have these uh, NFL players that are kind enough to, you know, make themselves available to the public, you know, in the form of Twitter. And you know, there's there's some negativity out there. And, uh, you know, it's kind of it's kind of a bummer to see that. But, uh, yeah, in, in any case, Brown uh, did not did not play the last time uh, he was out there, even though he was in uniform. And I think that even though he was limited on Wednesday, I think the, the bye gave him enough time to heal up. So to sort of very indirectly answer your question about Floyd, the reintroduction of, of Brown makes him kind of a hit or miss play. But, um, you know, there's certainly a chance that he could produce. I guess with Richard Sermon probably locking down Fitzgerald, or at least if Fitzgerald goes to that side, I think Floyd could be worth maybe playing but again if John Brown's there that, that's a tough tough move to make yeah, and you know Chris Johnson's doing a good job in the backfield and you know that's there's always that so anytime there's sort of any sort of committee it's 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 a little tough and that, and right now you got like three three decent wideouts that uh, Carson Palmer can throw to uh and Fitz has probably been the most consistent but uh yeah the uh what happens after that has been uh variable uh, final team, NFC West, 49ers, they're on a bye. Uh, Anquan Bolden, he's going to have his hamstring, get some time to heal. Carlos Hyde had a stress fracture in his foot. That's also going to have time to heal. The 49ers did sign Traveris Cadet off for agency, and they released the immortal Pierre Thomas in a subsequent move. <laughs> yep. uh, if Hyde misses time, is Cadet going to be a feature addition in the 49ers' offense? Well, all right, so Pierre Thomas, I was kind of surprised that they, they were one and done with him because I was kind of, you know, every week thinking which running back that's uh, unsigned is going to come in and make a difference. And I kept on thinking that Pierre Thomas was going to be the guy that uh, might come in and, and be useful. And I thought, well, you know, they lost Reggie Bush. Carlos Hyde is out. Uh, you know, they, they did sign him, I guess, last Tuesday. Um, and I think, um, I guess, uh, Sean Dron signed on Monday. You had, you had that whole mm-hmm. extra day worth of preparation. But, um, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, Sean Dron uh, actually was the guy in uh, in Week Nine, so I guess he would probably be, you know, he'd probably hold on to that job for now. Cadet is definitely a change of pace guy. He he had a uh, he had a, a large cup of coffee with the Saints there <laughs> for for a while, but then he had a a very small cup of coffee with the Patriots. Uh, he he essentially got beat out by Dion Lewis. So there was a lot of talk that that Cadet might uh, resurface with the uh, the Patriots, but he ends up with the 49ers. So, you know, he's he's an interesting player as a as a PPR option, but I don't think he's really going to be much of a fantasy factor there. Uh it's more like uh will Hyde have enough time to recover from the injury. Um, you know, but the the nature of his injury is a little concerning. Um, you know, playing through a stress fracture. I mean, he looks so good in week 1. So uh, you know, remember, remember week one, he just oh, yeah. absolutely against he torched the Minnesota Vikings, yeah. and since then it's just been rough sledding from there. Yeah, so uh, we'll see how that goes. But Sean Drawn, kind of a, a guy that was you know let go by the, the Browns, let him go, and uh, suddenly in uh, week nine he's. I mean, I, I I don't have the 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 running back fantasy point board in front of me right now, but like. <laughs> Look! Look where where Drawn is, and then look at some of the the big names that 
you know, he outproduced, thereby reaffirming the randomness of fantasy that we touched on at least a couple of times in this podcast. That just seems to be the theme of the season for sure. Uh, I think that's it then with our final Sean Drawn talk there. Yeah, yeah definitely. Uh, good job, Joe. Is there uh, we, any other stuff that you have to read at the end here? Well, we just have to thank the listeners. Oh, yeah. yeah, well, yeah. Thank you, everyone, for listening to the Rotorire Fantasy Football Podcast, brought to you by DraftKings.com, the leader in daily fantasy sports. Use the promo code ROTOWIRE when you make your deposit for a free contest entry today. Also, check out Rotowire free for 10 days. That's the company plug. By going to rotowire.com slash pod. Well, yeah, if you want to do well, check out Rotowire. And uh, good luck to everybody, and uh, catch you next week, Joe. Sounds good, Mike. Ace is a place with the helpful hardware, folks. At Ace, your backyard's right in our backyard, which means we have hand-picked products that are right for the birds in your neighborhood, like premium bird seed, suet, birdhouses, and feeders. Stop by your local Ace and get everything you need to attract the birds you want, including Ace Wild Bird Food, on sale now. Now through Tuesday only, when you buy two 20-pound bags of wild bird food, get a third bag free. Only at Ace, the helpful place. Offer valid through February 28th at participating stores. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.